This might be Cigar City Radio, episode number 64. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and make the magic happen, a man who's not the boss of me now, Mr. Jason Solanez. Randy. <clears throat> what you got, Jason? I had a tea last night, and this is not a joke. This is actually a real thing. Okay. It might be the best tea I've ever had. It cured my sore throat. Do you want to know what it was called? Oh, God. No, I really don't. This is real, though. (laughs) All right. What is it? It's called. All right. Which is a joke I used to make. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But it's actually a tea. Okay. That's real. Yeah. All right. We should should move on. You can find more podcasts at CigarCityManagement.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any site that you find our name on. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cigar City Radio. Our guests on this episode are the two Johns, John F. and John L. from They Might Be Giants, who throughout their 20-plus year career have released 20 studio albums, 10 compilations, 9 live albums, 8 EPs, 7 videos, and 11 singles. And they've done so much more than that. They did the Daily Show theme song. They did the theme song from Malcolm in the Middle. They're on so many soundtracks. It's like insane how much these guys have done and continue to do. They're like songwriting geniuses and might actually be geniuses. After meeting them, I might I might have to say that they might actually be geniuses. But I don't actually want to tell them that because that might get to their head. But yeah, they're they're really cool to talk to. Really awesome guys and still have like a really dedicated fan base. During the episode, you'll hear us talk about uh, Thuggalos and hashtag Thuggalos, which the night of the show uh, in St. Petersburg, their sold out show at State Theater, um, Thuggalos is on everybody's mind. Is that right, Kasha? You know, it's true. Like the people were like tweeting us like hashtag Thuggalos and sending us pictures from the show and everything. It was really cool to see how dedicated these fans are that like just, uh, you know, an afterthought question in a podcast that they hadn't even heard yet. And they were already like gung ho and picking up on it. So that was pretty cool. And Kasha, it was your first time seeing They Might Be Giants, right? First time listening to the band, first time meeting them. So first time for everything, really. A lot of firsts for you at the yes. They Might Be Giants show. What did you think? Was it was it everything oh, you dreamed it of? It's very long, but I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> very, very long. <laughs> they did two sets, right? Yes. Yeah. It took like a 15 minute break. Yes. And um, I, I got addicted to them. Like I've been listening to their new album ever since, so... Yeah, so there you go. There's the there's the glowing recommendation from Kasha right there. Um, their new album is called I Like Fun. It's available everywhere. Um, you can head to theymightbegiants.com for more on the band. And this band has been, from the very beginning, one of the bands that's very good at the internet. And you can see uh, when you go to their website and you can find all their free downloads, their Dial-A-Song page, and so many other cool things that they do. Um, if you're not already a fan of They Might Be Giants, something's seriously wrong with you so check them out here it is episode 64 
and this over here is this is John, the the guy with the glasses. But we're yeah. both wearing glasses right yeah. now. Yeah. But wait, you have to reintroduce yourselves because I've already spaced out your names. <laughs> I'm, I'm Randy. Nice to meet you, John, and other John. Kasha. 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 Yeah. yeah. So now that we've re- now that we've read on the introductions and everything, so they might be giants. You got a new record out now called "I Like Fun," Correct. which you know most people. I feel like should know by now that you guys like fun. It's always worth pointing out that that every song and every album title that we do, they're not they're not just um, declarative statements of actual fact. We are working in the realm of the imagination. So, I mean, it doesn't mean we don't like fun. The previous working title of the album was "My Murdered Remains." So, I'm what I'm what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't necessarily take everything literally. That that. Uh, that we title things because why won't you admit you've been murdered, John? <laughs> Just admit it. Come to grips yeah. with it. And, and but the thing is too is yeah, I guess we shouldn't take it too literally because the album also like ex- you know it's fun uh, in a sense, but there's also you guys talk a little bit about the apocalypse and uh, the end of the world and yeah, it's, it's work. It's worked. <laughs> it's work to listen to. It's work to make. Um, uh, no, um, you know I think that is a big part of what we do is try and get people to enjoy what we're doing and like. We want it's you know we want to welcome people and bring them in and then we want to scare them and depress them with our with our songs and our ideas. Um, so that's the the one two punch of our work. Um, you know we 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 are a we are a multi service or organization. We have we have depressing ideas. We have fun and exciting ideas, musical and verbal and we we you know we're just trying to keep all the balls in the air trying to keep it interesting and it's it's interesting well i mean just in general your career has been interesting because it's weird to find a band where it's like okay you guys have done music with disney and you've also like been in mcsweeney's you know it's like where's so there's definitely that i guess i don't know if it's a dichotomy or just multiple layers it's it's just a range of it's it's a whole range of things that we like i don't i don't think of one as you know the opposite of the other we we take everything we have to everything we do. So it's all, it's all part of the big project. That's amazing. And I've always wondered about like the Disney thing specifically and the cartoons and you guys have done a lot of children's music, you know, like, like the, where did that come from? Like a lot of things in our career. Um, I mean, even getting signed to a major, we had to sell a lot of records before anybody yet. I mean, the one thing we knew about major labels in 1986, 87, 88, was that there was zero interest in what we were doing. Like, like what we were doing was, you know, some people might find it interesting and it was definitely like uh, getting a lot of like buzz in the world. And even on MTV, which was like very disconnected from the major labels at that point, they were willing to play our videos like they were, we were a real band, but it was only until we actually sold a lot of records that we got any kind of major label stuff happening. And in a very parallel way, we made a kid's record called No, which we kind of put together in our spare time uh, uh, while we were doing the music for Malcolm in the Middle. And it was really, it was like our kind of passion project just because we figured we'd probably only make one kid's record and, and it should be interesting and, and psychedelic and different than regular kid's records. And then uh, quite unexpectedly, it did impossibly well. It sold a lot of copies. And that was the thing that woke up Disney to the idea of working with us. So I don't think it would have seen, if we hadn't already had a track record of actual sales i'm I, you know there's n- absolutely zero chance that they would have wanted to hitch their saturn 5 marketing machine to our tiny rocket yeah it was a very unusual um situation because the the president of disney records at that moment was this kind of rogue character who uh 
personally stuck his neck out for us and, and, you know, quote unquote, you know, executive produced the record, which is to say he just allowed us to do stuff we wanted to do. And we didn't, I think, get the normal amount of uh, neck breathing that we would have gotten from a, a thing like Disney. Um, so it was, it was an extraordinary situation. It was not a normal uh, yeah. uh, kind of a relationship. It wasn't relationship. all for us. It wasn't all for them. But one thing that was interesting about the, uh, the Disney thing also is like, you know, I actually had to, I mean, I didn't have to, I, I, I had the privilege of attending a meeting at Disney where the, you know, the, uh, the full, they, they believe in, in it. What is the, what is the word? Not, not a synchronicity. Uh, 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 there's like a business term synergy. synergy. They I believe they, right, right. Disney, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like synergy is the guess, word. I guess, yeah. in, I guess in Florida, everybody works for Disney at yes. some point, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, they, they were, uh, they were really into this sort of a hive mind idea of having everybody sit at a giant table and talk about, and they kind of went around the table, like, you know, Soviet Union style and everybody explained what their big plans were and how they could, how they could help our project, which it was really awkward, you know, to be witness to is like, and then it's, it turned to the person who does all the Disney on ice projects. And they were just like, <laughs> they might as well just like, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although, although we were totally, we were like, Wow, I never thought of that idea. Right. Like that would be great for us. Right. Like they can you imagine the giants on ice? Sure, why yeah. not? We get to stay home. There's people on skates, you know, yeah. we record our voices. I'm on skates. Yeah. You know. I'm surprised you never did that that they might be giants on ice. I, I mean, I guess there's still time, right? You know. So, but I feel like you've always been like a really forward-thinking band in that sense, you know, where you guys have done kind of unique and cool ways to market yourself. You know, start I feel like even going back to like I, I think you just brought it back, right? The dial a song. Yes. Yeah. So to, so to, so for the listeners who don't know, where did dial a song well, come I, from? Dial a song was the, like the original, you know, the the first thing probably a, a lot of people ever heard about us was that we had before we'd really played many shows out, you know, outside of our garage. We we um we had a answering machine, which it, I, again, do I have to explain what an answering no. machine is? Um, There's it's 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 like what voice <laughs> voicemail used to be a machine that you'd plug into the wall, and uh, and someone would call, and the machine would pick up instead of your phone, and uh, and we had cassettes. Uh, it was a cassette run machine, so you'd have cassettes of different. They might be giant songs. We'd swap in and out uh, and change them every day, and uh, and we advertised it in all sorts of ways. And it became this popular thing for people who were obviously didn't want to leave their house or or they were bored at work or whatever. It was this local New York thing, but it, it spread beyond New York as well. Um, and then it was also the clearinghouse for all our demos and idea. Everything we did, we started, it began its life on dial a song and then eventually might wind up in the live show or on a recording um, if it was good enough, you know. Um, and that continued for I don't know ten years or something. We um, and then eventually that it, it was this combination of the technology was failing. You know the machines were breaking down. We couldn't get them repaired, and we were distracted by other things. Um, so it wasn't really until recently that we've revived this thing. Now that there's there's another way you can get music in your home, uh, which they invented in in the interim for us uh what could that be? that was the internet so we were we were very lucky um uh in a way you know dial a song suddenly became much much more easy and and uh and and of course there are there still are all sorts of, are we running the phone line this year i can't, yeah, yeah. I can't okay yeah so you can still call the number uh and 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 listen to our song on a telephone if you want um 
which is, you know, a very direct personal connection to us. But you can also go online and listen to it. And there's all sorts of ways you can hear it. We're putting out a song every week this year uh, as part of this uh, 2018 version of Dial Song. That sounds like a lot of songs to put together, you know, but for you guys, I feel like that I feel you have this like there's certain people that have this like innate like songwriter gene where you can just write songs and write songs. The other day, a couple weeks ago, I was actually looking up Guided by Voices and checking out what like they've been doing recently. Uh And I have to say my first response was like, these guys are nuts. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and then I realized that, like, from, you know, from any casual distance, anyone looking at They Might Be Giants as a project would just be like, have the exact same response. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, it's hard to say, you know, what, you know, what the point of it is. It doesn't literally garner you more respect. I think 10 people sometimes are suspicious that the quality of what we're doing might be extremely low, yeah, which is diluting the, the greatness it, of our early work by it, continuing to, yeah. to, to write. Yeah. pointless pointless new songs yeah um, so it's 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 hard to say i mean in some ways i feel like you know we've been doing this for so long we're we've just kind of you know we we're, we're, we're never particularly preoccupied with notions of like you know like uh personal cool in some ultimate way i mean you know we're very we're completely pretentious people by any standard but i would but i would say but i would say that it doesn't necessarily you know, there are different sort of there's sort of different uh, you know axes by which people want to like be understood. You know, I mean, it's imp- I feel like we do want to be understood. We want to we want people to think we're cool, but we don't want to have to like pretend we're cooler than we are. Uh, I mean, just start circling back to the kids thing. Like, I remember reading somebody saying about the kids stuff. It's like the problem with doing kids stuff is you can't go back. I appreciate that idea in a way, but I mean, because because once you do, you've you've already you know you suddenly you're just like we're officially nice, you know, and that is so antithetical to everything about rock music. But ultimately I feel like the thing about they might be just is that everything we do is kind of antithetical to like the, the sort of the swagger at permanent adolescent thing. We are are a self-sabotaging organization. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, you know, whatever, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a smart way to be, but you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> like we're we're in our you know late fifties. Like it's it's not it, it it feels some things. The adolescent stuff of it often feels very age inappropriate to us, you know. So it's like it's not like. Uh, but it did when we were in our twenties too, right? I mean, we we started the band as adults, so it's like you know we were like you know basically you know I mean we weren't old by any stretch, but we were not we were not teenagers, which is what I guess a lot of where a lot of people start. I don't know. I'm just I'm just rattling on that. And it's interesting because like I grew up in the generation that grew up watching Malcolm in the Middle, you know, so like that's how I heard about They Might Be Giants, you know, it was through the theme song. And you guys had obviously a lot of music throughout the show, you know. So do you feel like now maybe you're seeing these this audience that's finding you as an adult band, you know, and after hearing you, Um, you know, through cartoons or something like that? That's definitely been a a thing that's been going on. We, We in the early 90s, we. Uh, had some of our songs on Tiny Tunes, so there were people. There were people who were kids who were introduced to us then, and then subsequently, obviously, we've done kids' records throughout the the, the twenty hundreds, the aughts, whatever you yeah. call them. Um, uh, and 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 now those people are starting to age up into uh, concert going age. So it's been a continual thing. We have we have like we are just farming 
farming humans uh, all the way along. So that's what you learn from Disney is you got to get them young and then get them interested right. from there, you know, from the beginning. We didn't learn anything from Disney. <laughs> we learned how to cash a check. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess the, the thing is, it's like, in a lot of ways, I get the feeling like they might be giants as an idea is a lot of people's other, like the other thing they like, you know, like most, you know, it's like you're, you know, people who are really into like, uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine are really into, you know, some other, you know, some other genre of music might be a much bigger persuader. And then for them, like, and it's like the, how they dress or how, like, you know, like the things that they really pay attention to. And then, like, because they were raised on They Might Be Giants, we're just kind of like this other thing. I mean, I think our, our relationship to the music scene is 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 almost tangential in some ways. Would Anyone mind if I open a window? I'm, well, let's, really let's, noisy let's that. see how noisy it is because I feel oh, like I feel like the, the robot arm is coming the, down. The uh, level of our giant slab of glass. That's not too bad. No, that, that's fine. Yeah, we can get that out in post, and we're gonna get a little. We're gonna. <laughs> that's the magic of the the windows opening. So you know what's interesting today is I don't know if you guys know about um, Gasparilla. Are you guys familiar with this? So Gasparilla is a thing. It's happening right now across the bay. Uh, Gasparilla, it's a it's a festival that the Tampa Bay does every year to celebrate the pillaging and plundering of our town. So everyone like dresses up like pirates, and there's this big parade. And the well, it happened t- today is the day that like. The original guy, I guess, in like the 1800s or something like that's the legend, you know, is Jose Gaspar came and, you know, like, yeah, yes, came and just raped our town. And now we celebrate it. Now we're happy about it. The Caribbean thing of like, oh, the delightful pirates burning down your village. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somalian pirates actually come. And, yeah. you know, well, that's what I always wondered is like if a pirate attack was going to happen, not today would be the day to do it. Yeah. So, you know, they, they even what's funny is I don't know why I'm going off about this. but they, We also had the uh, uh, the Stanley Cup is in town today, too. So see, it's a busy it's a busy day. We got Gasparilla, um, not the Stanley Cup, the all star, the NHL all star game. Yeah. So we have Gasparilla, the NHL all star game, and they might be giants. You know, the big the big three. Yeah. Um, but they actually flew the Stanley Cup out onto a pirate ship, put it in a life vest, and now it's on, right? I wish we could have been involved in that somehow. Like, we could have popped out of the Stanley Cup, maybe, or, or I don't know. That would have been uh, incredible, you know? Yeah, if only. Yeah. If only. We, you know, two days ago, we were in Orlando, and it was Virginia Woolf's birthday and virginia wolf is the author of a really wonderful book called orlando so i sort of thought oh this is this calls for a celebration yeah, yeah. and i i felt like we didn't really get a lot of traction on that idea well the audience uh, was profoundly drunk they were yeah they were like whatever i don't know what you're well, talking about the guy's talking now <laughs> i wish they played another song well, I guess I guess the main point of this story is that you will probably see pirate dressed folk in in the audience tonight. So just a warning you ahead of time, um, because yeah, there's they're going to be there. The pirates are going to be at Gasparilla. Okay, good. Well, what is Gasparilla? Gas, Gaspar. Oh, guy. okay. Oh, right. the pirate. Oh, 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 oh. I was thinking of like gasoline. So. Uh, one random question that I've always had for you guys, and I guess just anybody involved in this, but I know you guys actually did the Daily Show theme song, right? So you performed it. Bob Mould wrote it. So, like, how does that happen? Like, does Bob Mould call you or like? No, the original, the original Daily Show was Bob Mould's version when it had who was the the host before John Stewart? Yeah, it was the guy Craig. Uh, 
Craig Thingy. I'm, Craig I feel Kilborn? terrible. We can't Craig remember. Craig, Craig Kilborn. Yeah, yeah. Kilborn. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was the Bob Mole version. And then when John Stewart mounted his version, no, no, our version came in before John Stewart. Really? They yeah. They oh, okay. just They just replaced it. There was a perception that it was that it wasn't his recording wasn't working. Which were they're very they're always very vocal about things that didn't work. Um, uh, well, to us as well, because when yeah. we were when we were called in, we did a lot of we did the fake news music that comes before the the rock theme, and 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 we you know we did a lot of revisions because they were like this sounds like local this sounds like local news. Right, we and we're like national. Like we need more than <laughs> can we have another hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good gig and it was great. It, it was interesting because it was so faceless, you know, like having d- doing something that so many people know so well, um, and yet no one knew it was us. No one knew it was us. I mean, yeah. Basically, yeah. The, our name was on the Friday night speed scroll. Yeah, yeah that yeah. you would have to like you know video and slow down to yeah. see any yeah. single name. And that sometimes would like get cut off because they're like already introing Stephen Colbert or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I guess now there's some version of the thing we did that's still kind of being they've they've sort of chopped it up slightly yeah. to avoid having to pay us any more money. Um, and it's I think it's still us. Yeah. Right? Basically. Yeah. 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 I'm speaking now. Um. So I was wondering, like, do you like being more of a faceless band or do you like? being up front like on you know on stage and like on a poster you know as you might be aware we we we, we've never made a point of having our pictures on the covers of our albums um obviously we've done tons of promotional stuff where we do use our pictures but i think we kind of felt like it was a good idea for people not to focus too hard on how incredibly handsome we are because it was distract from the music yeah so so you know you know we didn't want to get caught up in in we we felt like the music was the thing, and and a lot of bands that we admired had done the same kind of approach, you know. So I think that was that was really the motivation, you know. I I, I actually would be totally cool with doing a project where we were completely faceless. That would be that would be fine. It's like it turns out it's totally satisfying just to do good work and not have your your uh, have to worry about your makeup, you know. <laughs> I've just been curious about how a band like you can stay active and stay doing stuff for so long you know like so many bands just like break up so immediately you know and like go up in flames but i feel like you've been consistently putting out music for such a long time how how does that happen for me there's two things come up with a better answer than the last um um, i i have a better answer naps naps are this the key when you're pushing 60 years old you take a lot of naps and then you wake up and you i have another idea for a song but you know it's a it's a it's a good question i mean friends of ours are like very into the idea that like bands should only make one album and stop and i think right. i think you know in a lot of cases you could you, that seems sensible i don't i don't know i don't know we you know this is a, this is a very personal project for us and we just kind of do it um and it's never there's never been any like uh you know our train never really fell too far off the tracks or smashed into any great big wall. So it's just been kind of a, we've always had a, a certain amount of success that has made it easy to keep on going. And yet, and I think you, that you know, doesn't we, happen. I think a lot of people find out very quickly yeah. that like it is over, like whether they want to keep on going or not, like the world tells you like, congratulations, your career has ended. Right, yeah, right. And, and am- amongst the bands you, that you know of, they had some big amount of success early on. And when that stopped 
when the momentum ran out on that, they felt like there wasn't anything else in it. For they, their expectations were, were were too high. We never had incredibly inflated expectations for, you know, we're happy to play in this this size room because right. you know it's it's great to be that close to people's faces and and yeah. Uh, I remember listening know. to an interview with a guy who's in like a heavy metal band, like you know a a pretty successful but basically a one hit wonder heavy metal band and he was talking about like the idea of like get you know getting in a van and going to a show now as like as if it was like the most undignified thing it's like i'm not going back to that man i'm not going back to vans and it's sort of like well you know dude that or first first of all right i mean first of all you're (laughs) you weren't you were lucky to have you know in the first place and it's like you know it's just like i don't know like what what else is it you know there's you're always going to be getting in a van you know it's just it's that's that's the way it goes metaphorically speaking metaphorically yes yes well i mean we've been in plenty of vans in in the past year but i mean if you stop in other words if you if you can't deal with that then you have to get some other kind of job and that involves indignities of all kinds you know as everybody knows yeah, the alternative to being in a band it sounds horrible, you know. It's like it's real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's just as horrible yeah, as being in a band. That, you know, <laughs> being in yeah. a band is a weird job, you know. I mean, it, it's it's like you know sometimes you do have like a lot of times you have to be nicer than like you know you want to be. Like your whole life happens while like there are people going like, "Can I get my picture taken with you?" And you're like, "Excuse me," I'm like on the phone crying with my mom. You know, like yeah. you know, it's like I can't. I can't deal right this second, but you know that's that's, that's just sort of an odd. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm back because um, I've always like you know asked for pictures and like, do you find it important to be nice to people? Like, because some people are like, oh, I I don't have time for this. You know, do you find it important for fans? You know? I don't know. I I wonder how much we get away with with, with being ass assholes. You know, like we've never. <laughs> We've never really experimented. And I think John and I are both like, we have this neurotic need for people not to hate us. You know, Um, there are a lot of bands that have totally gotten over that and and have no problem making making enemies. We know a couple of bands who have a real zero tolerance for uh, civility. Yeah. (laughs) So it is there. There's an op. There's an option. It's such a personal choice. I think. I think you can totally continue as a band and and just just like be mean to everybody who can't who's not yeah. in a position to to uh do anything about it. you know what i mean yeah. like I'm just um start ordering off the menu now just to make, right. make it harder for everybody yeah exactly <laughs> um no i think it's i think it's it's nice it's i mean this sounds really wishy-washy but it's it's nice to live in a world of civility and stuff i mean in or out of a band i think it's just it's more pleasant to have people be civil to one another um yeah. and that so you know why not yeah. No, I think that makes I think that makes perfect sense. And I think it, it helps that like clearly you guys have known each other a long time. You've been friends forever like oh, that. Nice you know, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. So, yeah. What, what is the relationship like between you guys? Like, do you do you fight over everything or it's know? pretty unneurotic? I mean, it's it's in some in some ways I feel like, um, you know, it's un, it's unfortunate that like we you know there's so much professional stuff that has to happen because it kind of makes our relationship more serious than it probably would be otherwise you know it would just be like i think you know it's sort of in the way of just hanging out in a casual way because we yeah. like we would sort of represent our job to the other person but i would say we we and the other guys in the band do a lot of completely off-road 
goofing around. I mean, we, we, we are, it's, it's a nice thing about this group of five people and, and our crew is that we, is that we like each other and we, we actually sit around and just talk shit a lot. That's just has Super nothing, fun. nothing to do with the job. Yeah. 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 It is really um, fun. The, the hangout part of, uh, of just being on tour is actually very entertaining yeah. and uh, very sort of thought provoking. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interesting conversations about yes. very, you would think we were stoned. They're, <laughs> they're so, they're so dynamic. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the bar I think yeah. for conversation is how, you know, how stoned does the conversation sound? In a dorm room. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like really like, yeah. Like freshman year, yeah. just packing the bong repeatedly Wait, stoned. How come, how come, Wait, back up, back up. How? No, it's like that. Well, I guess it helps to be on tour with good people. That's yeah. that's the key, right? You yeah. know. So, yeah. um, so what's next for They Might Be Giants? I feel like that it's a big question. Right, but what right. what well, what are you? The tour is laid out for the uh, up up till the um uh t- till April, I guess um into April, and then we've got a, a long period where we have to write a lot of new songs to to fill up the um backlog of dial a song stuff because we have not got enough stuff to finish out the year so we're going to be hitting the ground running doing doing a lot of you know white knuckling songwriting um and then in the fall we're going to europe and you had mentioned some some proposal for another leg of the tour um but we well there we're 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 getting uh offers in theory from canada which seems very seems like maybe the offers will just be very bad um, but, uh, yeah, there's the, the future is unwritten. I mean, we're basically, we're, we're in a working band in, in 2018, which is a precarious and strange thing to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you guys are, I, 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 de- I think definitely held up by your hardcore fan base. You know, like there's, there's what are, what I was thinking about that on the way over here. I was like, what, what did you call? They might be giants fans. Is there a name, you know, like Taylor Swift's got oh, Swifties right, right, or, right, right. you know, Bieber's got Beliebers. Like what are the, they might be giants fans called? Thuggalos. I think. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's Thuggle, make Thug- something. Thuggalos would be good. Um, I think I think they they were self defined as as giant heads back in the day, but I think that was just like it's like Watergate. It's just like you yeah, put a yeah, gate on everything. Yeah. You put a head on everything. Right. But uh, but I don't know if that maybe there's something else. I I vote for Thuggalos. You know, I think I think we're gonna have to get on the Thuggalos bandwagon. Hashtag Thuggalos. If you listen to this interview, hashtag Thuggalos. Tag us, and they might be giants. <laughs> Hashtag Thuggalos. All right. I love it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Tag us. You know. All right. Uh, any final thoughts for the Tampa radio listeners? Oh, um, well, they, I sh- we were talking about the future. There's one. I, I don't know if this is, we've, sh- I should even say this, but I'm really excited about the tour date that has been proposed for 2019. Uh, that we just we it's it's uh you, you haven't told me about this yet. I, 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 you told me about it. <laughs> I know. I, I texted you back. Oh, are you, um, you down? I'm totally into it. So I don't know. Oh, can, we, can we yeah, mention? Yeah, um, yeah. So we, so we got an offer to play in in Puerto Rico, which is uh, we've never been there. Uh, another part of the United States we've never been to. Um, we are very very psyched.
follow us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>